behind every great businesswoman, there's often a great man asking, hey, what's for dinner? To celebrate my 100th episode of Marketing and Me, I've invited my husband of 13 years, Justin Shelton, to join me and talk about strategy before sales. It makes sense to combine this milestone episode and my hobby to talk about this subject because starting and maintaining my podcast is a key part of my marketing strategy. And Justin has always had a very strategic mind throughout his career, volunteer work, and life in general. Oh, and he's also been my main cheerleader in everything that I do. So I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I hope he behaves and celebrate with me by sharing it across your network. Let's get started. Welcome to the Marketing Me podcast. If you're eager to grow your health and wellness business via effective marketing methods while maintaining your own health and wellness, this podcast is for you. The show features a beautiful blend of guest and solo episodes covering marketing and business growth topics, as well as ways to improve your physical, mental, and emotional self. I'm your host, Leanne Shelton a health and wellness copywriter and content marketing trainer who's here to help perfect your message then find the right channels to send it out into the scary online world with the ultimate goal of making it heard and seen by your ideal client. So feel free to book in a free 15-minute chat with me after listening to today's episode. The details are in the show notes. And yes, today I'm joined by my very special guest, my husband, Justin Shelton. Welcome to the show. Yay! <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm I'm daring to do this episode with you. I have no idea how it's going to go. Um, <laughs> remember, this is part of my Good strategy, luck. babe. Don't yeah, yeah. Wish you luck. Uh, <laughs> all right, so I'll just read out your little bio as I do for all my guests, um, which was written by a very well, you know, a, a very high quality copywriter. Uh, <laughs> finishing school after year ten to pursue a tool making apprenticeship, Justin Shelton has built a strong career in the construction industry over the past twenty one years, including roles in machinery, line marking equipment, and windows and doors. Due to his great rapport building and dedicated customer service skills, eye for detail and added ability to get his hands dirty to fix problems, Justin quickly discovered he had a knack for sales. More recently, he's gone that step further, having the ability to work on the business strategy at his current place of employment. While he was brought on as sales manager, within seven months, it was acknowledged that his strategic thinking was actually better suited for an operations manager role, which he's currently thriving in and I'm oh so very proud of. <laughs> well done, babe. Thank you. Um, so to kick off, I thought, well, we're talking about strategy before sales. As I said, I thought it was a really good topic for both of us. Um, so how do you define strategy? What is it? Well, I mean, essentially, at the end of the day, you have to know where you're going. Um, otherwise, how do you, where do you go? Um, so strategy is about uh, finding, understanding what your business is, what, you're, what you want to achieve, uh, where do you want to end up? What, is your, what are your goals for your business? Um, who are the customers that you want to deal with? Um, th- there are sales that can be bad sales even if they are good money. Um, uh, so you have to be able to understand what the, at the end of the day, if you don't know where you're going, you're never going to get there. So um, yeah, a good strategy leaves you that, um, gives you that ability to, to target your efforts, uh, work smarter, not harder, as, as a lot of people like to say. Um, and uh, yeah. Yeah, well, I agree with that, you know, because this, like I said, this podcast is a big part of my marketing strategy. I guess there's different types of strategy um, just in regards to marketing strategy. Uh, so for me, it was like, because uh, it, it was one of my, I wouldn't say a failing, but a lesson was, you know, almost a few years ago now when I wanted to do a two-day conference and with a you know, fellow marketing person and then realized no one was signing up and thought because no one knew who I was. So part of my strategy was to kick off a podcast when I could. It was another year until I actually got off the ground. 
so that I could build up that presence, get people knowing who I am and everything like that. Well, I've watched so, your I've watched your business obviously from the very beginning. Um, I made the beautiful sign out at the front door. Oh yes, yes, because <laughs> got the logo, right time marketing um, at my home office. Yep. <laughs> well, I didn't make it, but I I got it made um, in glass. Uh, but uh, yeah, I've watched you change your strategy, and I've watched you think about where you want to go, and and. You know, you've 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 had strategies that have worked. You've had strategies that haven't worked, um, and I think that's also a lot of people are afraid to try a strategy because they're worried it won't work. Um, I don't know if you ever people who you know listening will ever look at uh, the rich people of the world, like you know, like the Elon Musk or the Bill Gates or the or the um, not Steve Jobs anymore, but. Steve Jobs when he was around, um, those kinds of people in the world, um, Amazon guy, what's his name? Um, they all say that they've all had failed businesses. Um, you know, like him or hate him, Elon Musk, um, you know, had many failed businesses to what he is now. Um, again, yeah. Um, many, many people like um, uh, the lady who wrote Harry Potter books, um, J.K. Rowling, you know, how many years was she pretty much worth nothing? Um, Boost Juice, all of these big businesses, the people that have, um, you know, have failed at some point in their life. And with your business, I've watched you, um, I don't know if I'm giving away any secrets here, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I've, watched, I've watched your business sort of go in, through its ups and downs as your strategy has changed and your goals have changed and, and you've had the ability to, which is this is a very important key for for a lot of people to understand. Have a strategy, but be prepared, be prepared to change your strategy if it's not working. Um, where you are, where right time marketing is now compared to, um, you know, where it has been in the past is is completely different because you tried a strategy, didn't work, <clears throat> you changed it, and you found what worked for your business, what worked for your strategy, and what you enjoyed and still to this day you still have um you know certain jobs that just aren't as enjoyable or whatever and you change your strategy to to move on and that's that's key yeah so I think that's I mean probably one reason we get along so well (laughs) is that we both had that same strategic mind we did get along most of the time (laughs) um but yeah I Look, yeah, my business, 100%, it started off originally was, oh, I'm going to start this business because I was doing newsletters while on maternity leave with our eldest and it was like, oh, maybe other businesses would enjoy doing, you know, me doing newsletters. Turns out none of them did. But, hey, oh, website copy, that's that's an option. And then it kind of evolved into, oh, look, there's blogs as well and then it's gone, you know, gone through ups and downs. I've gone through some contract work and, and this and that. I haven't tried, you know, the whole, oh, let's just go to content strategy. Let's drop the copywriting thing for a bit, which, as you know, kind of failed. I kind of lost my way a bit and wanted. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I think because I had that imposter syndrome breathing down my neck going, you don't really get content strategy. Like, you're a a writer. (laughs) But you gave it a shot, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. And it was part of, it was something that you wanted to do, something you wanted to try. You gave it a shot. And you understood that it wasn't working for you and you changed your strategy. Yeah. Well, even with and this podcast, like we're celebrating 100 episodes. Uh, look, I can bl- blame the hosting platform all I want, but, you know, the stats has been as amazing as I thought it would be at this point. And I admit, you know, I'm two years, oh, yeah, almost two years, two years into it and thinking I should be up here by now, should I give up? And I was feeling a bit low about it the other week, actually. And when I was out in one of my early morning runs, so you would have been asleep, baby, wouldn't have known. Um, I was listening to a podcast about, it's a really successful podcast, um, The Mindset Mentor. And he's like seven years into his. And just hearing him, he admitted that his podcast didn't really go anywhere to the third or fourth year, but he kept at it. And so I'm like, well, yeah, why should I give up on it? Whoever does listen to this, I've I've heard the feedback. People are enjoying it. I hope you are too, listeners. If you are, please give me reviews. I appreciate it. Um, and so, and I love it because I get to have interesting conversations with people. I get to learn from them. 
they get, I, I know I'm giving them the opportunity to get that extra exposure, you know, because um, they come up in Google. It's an extra uh, sticky <laughs> sticking point for SEO. And, you know, the audience gets to learn as well. So why would I give up on something? It's just an ego-based thing if I gave up going, oh, I'm not at 10,000 downloads yet, so I'm not going to continue. So well, I watch, I'll, you know, I, like, I watch a fair few YouTube channels, different wood make it, woodworkers and cars and wide range of different things. <clears throat> and most of those people that are now successful YouTubers um, always have their episode of, oh, how did I get started and how long did it take? And they all took years of YouTube to actually get a following. You know, there's very, there's, there's, there's a few YouTubers that just happen like that. Um, there's one, you know, the cooking Josh Weissman. <laughs> He's at like five million people now, and uh, subscribers, <laughs> and 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 that happened very quickly for him. Here's the oddity. Um, I've watched. Uh, there's another guy called Woodworking for Weird, Woodworking for Mere Models, and he's been on YouTube since I don't know, probably since YouTube began. And he is the probably the more typical YouTuber. It took him a long time to actually get that traction and get those followers. And if you actually watch his channel, every time, <clears throat> every few years, he's changed it. Um, when when lockdowns first started with COVID, he decided he was going to do a daily video just every day in, in his lockdown at home. And um, he did that. Now he's moved on. Now he's doing um, uh, essentially this kind of thing. Um uh, video podcasts or vodcasts, whatever they're called. So constantly but still keeping that channel, still going, still doing it, but changing his strategy as he goes along um, and and just trying to find ways to keep it interesting. And I must admit I don't watch some of his stuff because now because it's hour-long uh, podcasts. I don't really want to sit watching that for an hour. But, you know. You're hey, getting trouble with me if you did. <laughs> what are you doing? Like- <laughs> nothing unusual there, but... Um, you know, it's it's that kind of thing. So you do this, you do something. It's if you did the same type of podcast for the next hundred episodes, you know, will it be? Will it get that success? Who knows? It, it comes down to: Are you enjoying it? I, you know, other people getting stuff out of it. Um, can you shake it up for the next hundred episodes? I, I don't know, but that's that's also always a kind of thing. If for for um, uh, any anybody making content, not that I'm an expert at making content whatsoever, but I'm I'm good at watching it. Um, you know, you've got to keep it interesting, and and that's part of that. Again, yeah. Well, that, my plan for that? yeah, my plan for next year, you know, to date all the episodes, I because you know I'm a big networker, so I'm always meeting new people, and I was like, oh hey, yeah, that sounds like an amazing idea. Work at angle. Here's my booking link. Find the date between now and infinity for when you want to book in the interview. Uh, but what I'm thinking for, for in 2022 is to have actual themes, like monthly themes, and then try to group people accordingly. Mm. And then I might get a whole bunch of people, you know, binge listening to one month's worth of episodes if they're interested in that topic. So we'll see. That's going to be my new little strategy for, for next year and to see how that goes. And I also tried increasing the number of solo episodes recently i need to kind of get onto that a little bit more um for anyone who listens my solo ones are always i script them because i don't want to go off too many tangents whereas so much easier to just throw together five questions for a guest uh so i do need to get better at doing the solos but yeah and look i wanted to also go back to so your role justin um because you yeah you were hired as a sales manager but then you basically didn't, you didn't come in and start hitting the road and making sales you kind of realized there was gaps didn't you okay so a bit of bit of background um i joined a small business a small window and door business that uh just does timber and upvc windows and doors and um the business was bought out a few years ago or a couple of years ago and it's been through a bit of ups and downs and the last um the last general manager that was there um as I always say, I don't like to speak ill of the dead, but it's not actually dead. But, um, uh, you know, it was controversial within the business, um, causing issues, this and that. Um, we won't go any further into that detail. But <clears throat> essentially, 
my role was to come in and build the sales up, which when I started there were pretty low. Um, you know, we didn't have a, we don't have a uh, terribly high monthly target, but we it wasn't being met by a long way. And so, how do we get to there? So, I came in. I set a sort of, we set some goals. We set some short term, medium term, and long term goals based around you know what we want to achieve as a business, how we want to you know not just um, so give you an idea. So, some goals, the right customers the right jobs again like i said earlier you can have a job it doesn't mean it's the right job or the right customer um uh branding you know what shirt am i wearing i, I don't actually we, we never actually got through to doing uh, no, you wear very random shirts. things i do i do not present <laughs> 20 year old well. shirts through to t-shirts uh, i would have thrown out not, but I, it's not exactly a great presentation but i'm not on the road that lot at the moment um but Obviously, with COVID issues this year, I only started in March. Um, so getting that time to go through that process and and build up that work. And so now we um, – but <clears throat> so, yeah, so going back on that, um, off the shirts. So uh, building that sales up was my, was my goal. But then also understanding the, um, the employees within the business um, – it's a great group of people within the business, but it's a very, very small business. We have 10 people in total. So we are very limited in our resource, people resource about what we can and can't do. So how do we go back in that work um, was something that we had to consider. The ability to be out on the road every day seeing customers isn't really possible. Um, it is, but it isn't. You know, you have to sort of be able to manage because when the order comes through, you then have to do all the paperwork, et cetera, et cetera. So there's that balancing act that we have to understand as a business. Um, then you get the business, uh, the, the construction industry shut down by COVID um, by the government for two weeks and some massive restrictions upon what can happen in construction for a few months. And you pretty much end up with um, myself being the only person in the business who didn't actually live in an LGA of concern. Um, so whilst we had um, exemptions for the factory staff to be able to go to work, um, the other office staff, <coughs> excuse me, all lived in designated areas of concern and therefore pretty much had to work from home. So it got into a situation fairly quickly where it was work I was already doing, um, but how do we keep the business going? What do I need to do? Um, so I was pretty much during that time more so the operations role, operations manager role, than the sales manager role. Um, Just unofficially, right? Very unofficially, but um, you know, it th- there was really nobody doing that anyway when I got there. Um, so pretty much from the start, I was kind of doing that anyway because I saw it needed to be done. And at the end of the day, I can do all the sales in the world, but if I can't get that through the factory, it's sort of um, pretty pointless uh i have a pretty high expectation when it comes to meeting customer um having customer satisfaction not so much for me customer satisfaction isn't doing exactly what the customer wants it's not um it's not making sure that we're always on time it's not making sure that we're always right or that we're always get it right there is a in this industry, in the industry that with windows and doors, especially, um, but any construction industry, there's a real um, difference between a, a ha- keeping a customer happy and keeping a customer on your side, than having to get down on your knees and bend, you know, beg and grovel for stuff. But at the end of the day, the key factor for us and the, the it, it, setting the expectation is is one of the biggest keys keys when it comes to um, customer satisfaction. So what are the what are the expectations that we want our customers to have? Well, our expectation is that we want them to get a quality product. Um, we want them to uh, be very happy with what we give them. We want them to understand that if we get it wrong, we'll fix it. Hmm. Um, yeah, you're big on not... fixing things because sometimes Correct. they end up being your biggest fans, don't they? You, you'll do, If you make a mistake and you fix it, um, in a timely manner and in, a, in, and in the right way. 
So by that, I don't mean finding the loophole to fix it. Fix it correctly. Because if, it, if, if you can fix it for $20 with a loophole or you can fix it for $200 the correct way, that $200 is better spent, okay? Um, don't always look for the cheapest way to fix a problem because that $200 will come back tenfold when they keep coming back to you because you did the right thing for them. Or refer people, right? Yeah. Or refer to them. Um, some of my best customers have come on board, as you said, by me making a mistake on our first um, first order. The best one is is you, you do the first delivery, they're on the phone, they're yelling and screaming, and you're calling you every name under the sun, and by the end of that job, they're your best mate. Um, because you don't just you, you sort out the problem, you fix it. Um, you say, you know, the best ones are when they're yelling and screaming. You say, so you jump in the car and you go down to them. You see them face to face. They stop yelling and screaming straight away. And then you talk through the okay, how are we going to fix this? Um, I remember one job. It was about twenty five thousand dollars worth of windows and doors, and then that cost me two and a half grand to fix the problem, which kind of really maybe wasn't my problem, but that two and a half grand cost to fix the problem turned into so much more work from that customer. And I made so much more money out of him that that two and a half grand investment in fixing that issue, which really kind of wasn't my issue, actually was 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 worth every dollar. So um, yeah, they're, they're the things that we look at. And we say, okay, but what, what are some of the keys? And actually I was watching a, a, a YouTube video today of a woodworker who was talking about how he, Similar thing about setting the expectation with the customer. And I give a, we give a week, an amount of weeks lead time. I won't say, I won't give a date that we'll deliver the items. Um, there's a couple of reasons for that. I'd like to be able to get one day to the stage where we can do it, but we are a very hands on manufacturing process. We're not a, um, uh, we're not a um, production line. <clears throat> and what I can do is I actually say, our lead time now is six to eight weeks. If we don't have much work on it, it's four to six, whatever. We, we vary it depending upon the project. Closer to the stage, we're obviously always having discussions within the business with the manufacturing guys as to where we're at. Closer to the stage, I'll very happily ring up a customer, maybe not happily, but I'll, I'll ring up the customer and say, hey, it's not going to be there this week. It'll be there next week. The customer will be disappointed for a bit, but the key is, is that when they get the windows next week, they're good quality, they're correct, and that's what they want and they don't have any further problems. Rather than a rush job to hit the deadline and then you have problems. And then and then we have problems, right? We, so don't ever be afraid to say to somebody, it's not ready yet. You know, unless there's a specific, you've agreed to a specific deadline up front, which is always... Depending again, again, it's very specific. Depending upon the the industry, obviously, I know you have deadlines with your writing that people need work by a certain time. But if you don't take on a job, if you can't do it, yeah, you know I mean, but you've obviously got to look at your industry and what your, you know, what what that is. But specifically for for what I'm doing for my industry, um, I'd much prefer to say to somebody, it's not ready yet, but when it is ready, it will be right. And then it comes um, a nice well. Just think if you are any listeners part of an e-commerce store and you know there are delays or something, at least then arrives beautifully wrapped or something, not kind of shoved into a bag. It looks like it was just <laughs> there's no care taken or that kind of we've stuff. All, we've all we've all waited at the door for weeks because something hasn't turned up yet. But when it turns up, as you said, if it's in good condition, if it's what you promised, um, it's not damaged because. And I sometimes damage is out of your control with transport. But um, if you're packing something that could be damaged, uh, it's kind of up to you to make sure that it's packed in a way that can reduce every risk of that damage. Um, but, yeah, if you get the product and it's right but it's late, people will tend to forgive. Not everyone. Not everyone's <laughs> – some people are just, you know what. But um, – that's that's one of the biggest things when it comes to customer satisfaction. I've always found um, get it get it right. Take the time that you require. Keep the communication up to the customer. If you're going to be late and you don't tell them, end of story. If you're going to be late and you've given them warning of being late, it's it is excusable. 
Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, customer getting a customer service right is a big part of your strategy in general. Um, and I yeah, I'm always. I mean, often with clients, I'm sending you know, text messages going. Oh yeah, no, I know I said I was going to get to you tomorrow. It's actually more like the day after now, and uh, or emails or phone calls. I mean, please, people, don't be afraid of the phone. Uh, or yes, if you can see people face to face, go and do that. And I guess what I want to ask you as well. So there's the customer service side of strategy. How about managing your staff and your team to make sure they're all on board with the strategy? How, what what have you done to kind of get that happening? Because I know everyone's pretty happy with you, Also, you tell me. Well, okay. Um, <clears throat> it really depends upon the people that you have. Um, I've sort of been lucky with, with where I'm at now is I've got a good group of people. Um, I So I'm the operations manager. I'm the sales manager. Um, and you know, obviously, everybody in the business is is a report to me. But if you've got the ability with, I mean, with a small group, with a big company, it's it's a lot difficult. I've worked for big companies, a lot of egos, a lot of problems. Um, you know, a lot of people that just worry about their own department or their own, you know, their own self, uh, and completely forget about the fact that at the end of the day, if we don't have a customer. A customer, they don't have a job. Um, so my focus is always on. That's why I said before, focus always on the customer. But with a with a small group that I've got, or you know, with a good group of people, um, it's about getting that buy-in from everybody. So I don't. Um, I try not to. Everything's my way or the highway kind of thing. Obviously, there's times when it's got to be. It is what it is, or you know. In the position, people are going to come to me looking for questions, sorry, for answers to questions. Um, But so, like, good example at the moment. um, Now that we have, excuse me, now that we have everybody back in the in the in the office. um, Now that COVID restrictions are are are, are ending, um, we have to come up with ways and strategies of how we're going to keep the sales going. How are we going to improve our efficiency in our factory? Um, how are we going to make sure that the items or the, the hardware that the factory requires to make the windows and doors are in the factory when they require them and not having to make the factory worry about that? Um, how are we going to um, you know, fix some of the issues that we have in terms of our current processes? And... These are discussions that I have with with people very open. Um, one of the biggest things uh, that can be very upsetting and or or very um, or cause people to question things in business is when there are obvious secrets that management have which people don't know about. Oh, I hate that. I've been in that position too. I'm just okay. on the ground, you know, ground level, dealing with the customers, but keep it a secret from me. Yeah, go ahead. Correct. Like it's, yeah. Correct. Yeah. Um, I've been in previous jobs, you know, as you know, like uh, I was a branch manager for a business and um, the head office just made changes and I found out after the change had been made when I'm going, hang on, what's going on here? Oh, no, no, we made that change. Um, okay, did you ever think to tell me? No. So... I pretty open with 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 those kinds. Obviously, if there's something that you need to keep from everybody, different story. But they should be the exceptions, um, and they sh- they're really only things that are directly related to your ownership of the business or your control of the business, things like that. When it comes to the everyday running of the business, these are your employees. Um, these are the people that, without you, don't have a business. Um, so you want to have them just as much feel that they're involved in that decision-making process as you are. Uh, at the end of the day, it all comes back to it's my responsibility. But why should I have to do all of the work in regards to fixing up these issues when the people that are actually going to be doing a lot of that work can be just as much a part of it? Um, they should have just as much as a, of a say so don't be- micromanage people. No, oh, oh, <laughs> my, being micromanaged is horrible. Um, I've been in that position, as you know, and uh, 
it is the worst thing that can happen to you as an employee being micromanaged. You don't know what's going on. You only find out you're doing the wrong thing when you do it. Um, and as 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 that job was was when I was in the was in the office, I should have been out of the office. And when I was out of the office, I should have been in the office. I didn't know where I could have where I was to be. Um, as our youngest keeps saying, you, you could just teleport everywhere, right? Just, yeah, <laughs> all about exactly. teleporting at the moment. Um, yeah, because I remember, yeah, you used to be asked, um, where are you going? Oh, I'm going out on the road. Why? You should be back here doing admin or something. And just, yeah, well, I've had the micromanaging thing too. And it's mm-hmm. when I had it, um, which was the last time I had it and then I got out, I, I had a baby and I was being treated like a child. And I'm like, I have my own child now. Why? Like, I'm not going to be treated like a student and then get kind of disciplined and in trouble for not doing things the exact way that I was, yeah. So for you, I mean, that was great because that that gave you the final impetus to start your own business. Yep, yep. And I don't think you've looked back back since. No, no, that's exactly right. All things that, yeah, things that go wrong, and I will do an episode about this in the future, you know, things have gone wrong in my business career life. It's all led to where I am today. You know, even the frustration of I don't want to be in a telesales role you know, I should be, you know, a journalist or writing. The skills I built in that initial world, my first role at a uni, learning to talk on the phone to all these different types of businesses, that's confidence that I've now brought that into my business. And now I obviously deal with all different types of business owners and stuff, but I can confidently talk on the phone, which is a lost art for a lot of people our age and definitely younger. So it just like, I hated it, but I I knew, and I didn't realize how much that would help me in the long run. So I, I don't want to give I don't want to give away your tra- some of your trade secrets, but anybody listening that, that that is worried about picking up the phone, shit, that that's best way you get work. It's hundred uh, percent like because when I was part of the copywriting community and there was a job board, and if you want a job. There's always a, usually there's a phone number. I'd actually get frustrated when there wasn't one. Um, so on that note, people, please put your phone number or a phone number on, get a 1-800 number if you want, keep private. Put one on your website because it just makes a difference for people to actually interact with you. I'm one of those people. I want to call and talk to a human. But, um, and if yeah. And if you've got the ability, um, go and see the people. Um, yeah. I, the amount of jobs I've won that I really probably shouldn't have won in the past um, because I was with previous companies, not my current job, but um, previous businesses uh, that we were too expensive. You know, I didn't have a lot of faith or you know in that product. So, um, yeah, which is a whole other story. But uh, just going and seeing the customer and talking to them, going over the job, and actually showing that you know that you know what's in the job and, and all of that got me the got me the work because nobody else turned up, nobody else went and saw them. And they actually go, oh, well, this guy cares, so I'll give him the job. Um, yeah, yeah. And I literally got that, uh, when was it? This week, Tuesday, I think. We went to a job just up the road. There was another job. I rang the guy while I was out the front, ended up seeing him on the road, pulled up next to him in the car, had a chat very next day, got the order. Yes. Simple. <laughs> well, like, sometimes it takes a little while. Like I recently started working with a client. I think we initially spoke on the phone. Yes, I found her on that job board. I called her, great rapport. She ended up going with someone else or something, randomly come back to me. I've had a few, oh, a whole bunch of phone calls since then, and then finally she, she agreed to, to work with me. And it's all that rapport building cheaper, thing, right? But then she realised. What's that? You went elsewhere for cheaper, but then she realised yes. that uh, you get oh. what you pay for. Yeah, went elsewhere, wasn't happy with it, it was cheap, yes. So that, that often happens too. <laughs> They're like, oh, I really want to work with you, but this person's cheaper. And then they come kind of crawling back. It's happened a few times, you know, a few months later going, oh, can you come fix this website, this person? I thought they knew what they were doing. No, they don't know SEO copywriting. It's okay, I'll fix it, but you're going to have to, you know, pay <laughs> pay for it, you know, extra. But, yeah, so all like if you are confident and, and obviously not everyone's going to get along with everyone, but if you're on the phone, you, you form a connection or get on Zoom. Actually, I've been doing Zoom more than phone even, um, phone mainly for check-in. Zoom for meetings. I don't really have phone meetings. I actually do have a coffee meeting booked here for a couple of weeks. Fancy that. But it just, it's so different just really getting to know someone as a human, not just as a supplier 
provider, um, you know, client, just, yeah, not a number. They're a person. Yeah, and I'm, I just Zoom is a, um, you know, tool that I think, what, two years ago we were all a bit, or Skype was the big one back back ages mm. ago, but, you know, Zoom was sort of that um, side little thing that you maybe did, but now it's pretty much become our lives. Yeah, you have the odd person who tries COVID. Google Meet, but it's just so, no, don't or, do it, people. Or, or Teams. <laughs> or Teams. Oh, both of them, I just, they do my head in. I'm a Zoom person <laughs> through and through. Um, but, yeah, I mean, are there any other aspects in terms of strategy that you want to talk about? I think we covered, we covered well, a bit Actually, of there's one point. Since- there's one point you said there um, with yeah. that one that uh, went elsewhere for cheaper but came yeah. back. <clears throat> um, previous window and door company I worked at, um, you know, we, we, we had a lot of um, faith in the product. We, we thought it, as a product it was probably one of the better, well, not probably, it was one of the better aluminium window and door products on the market. And as a business, we did have a lot of faith in it. We did think it was very good. And even as a, as a sales rep, I thought it was very good. It's in our own house. Um, one, of the, one of the things we got quite often was, oh, this company can do it cheaper. Can you match it? It's like, well, no. If you want to go and get that price, go and get it cheaper. If you have faith in your product, if you believe you're good at what you do, or uh, good at what you do, um, or you know you're good at what you do, um, and uh, your skill level or your um, qualifications or, or whatever it is is worth such and such a price that somebody can do it cheaper, why should you drop to their value? Um, just because somebody else is willing to do it for 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 a lesser price and may not do it as good, um, you can buy. <clears throat> you know, with the current job, you can buy timber windows and doors for cheaper, but I guarantee you they won't be as good because they'll be production line made, not um, not uh, handmade like ours are. So the quality of that handmade product when it comes to a timber window is a, is a is a huge difference. Um, so our, our sort of, um, thought process when it came to people who wanted a cheaper price was, or a customer had been with you for a long time said, oh, I can go and get this cheaper. Go. Good luck to you. Go and get it. Let me know how it goes. And it's a little bit cocky, but. <laughs> but you can be like, don't undervalue yourself. Um, ex- exactly. Yeah. Uh, I accept your value, understand your value, know what you're worth. Um, you, The only thing you're doing by taking or by dropping your price just because somebody else is cheaper is undervaluing, undervaluing yourself and making you cheaper. So what's, what's the point of it? Because I can guarantee you, you go and say, okay, if you want $100 an hour and you go and do only accept jobs that people are willing to pay you $50 an hour, so you're only a $50 an hour person. But if you say no to that work, go elsewhere, and that person isn't happy, they'll come back to you and say, okay, you're worth that, you're worth that money. Um, there's a little bit more to it than that, but it's very simplistically. Um, or you've got to look for you're targeting the wrong customer base. Your strategy is wrong. Yeah, your whole, um, that's a whole yeah, pricing strategy. This is a whole thing. You've got to, yeah. um, like I, just, I was thinking then, uh, you know, with, of Marissa, you know, my, my sister I've had on the, the podcast before, she's working in a kind of upmarket salon right now, which charges quite high prices for stuff you could easily pay half somewhere else. But people pay and it's a really nice experience. It's a beautiful salon. It's uh, people will, the right people will pay for it. And there's so many people out there who are undercharging themselves going, oh, look, uh, you know, this okay, beautiful cake. I'm thinking of our sister-in-law. Beautiful cake spends hours and hours and hours doing it, but she feels guilty charging more than just it for the ingredients. No, please incorporate your hours into your time and everything like that. Your your accreditations, your, your experience. Please include that in your pricing. Yeah. Uh, we went when we went out to dinner the other Friday night uh, last week, uh, the week before, and I had that steak. Yeah, I think it was like a forty-six dollar steak. And like, I'm never going to. You don't spend that. Much and there's money. no size. But so it's was, a steak. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. But it was it not the best thing in the world? And 
the value in that was the time taken to prepare that meat, which wasn't just cut off and cooked. It was aged. It was then the way it was cooked, the way it was prepared, the way it was done, the experience of the person who was cooking it. Um, and you get, it's not something you do very often, but you could take, you could, that was worth that much money. And I, it's a what, you know, it's a, it's a. Well, we're celebrating our freedom, our first date yeah, night in like yeah, four months. Yeah, so. right. <laughs> It was it was a it was a um, not a very very unoften you know not an often thing, um, but wow, it was amazing. Um, yeah, he was there and, like drooling. Oh my god! I'm like, oh okay, yeah. <laughs> you're right there. Do you want a moment? <laughs> you enjoyed it, and but that's what, the value good. of something that is good. The value of something that um, when you do, give a quality product. Um, it's worth the money. And if someone is not willing to pay for it, well, tough luck. Well, I've had people, um, yeah, they come to me, you know, and I go, it's X amount for my writing. And honestly, usually maybe one round of edits and that's it. Um, and so there may be other people who charge half the price, but you're not satisfied even after the fifth edit. So you kind of weigh up then, do you really want a quality ride and spend that extra bit of money? And no, it's going to be, I mean, lately a lot of stuff, not to toot my own horn, is right, you know, first go, they might just tweak it slightly. But you get what you pay for. So just really, um, yeah, don't undervalue yourself at all. And that's that stuff. Mm. Yeah. Um, anything else on the topic of strategy? I think we'll, we'll tie things up in a minute. But anything else you want to cover off? Um. No, I'm not quite sure. I think what we covered, we covered. So we did like business strategy. We did like the customer service side, a bit of the staff mm-hmm. and the pricing. I think that's probably most the only, of the, the only other thing. The only other thing you, you have in there is your own personal strategy. Like what do you want? Ah, um, good one. Yep. Yeah, you know, obviously won't go into details of who or what, but, you know, we had that discussion the other day of that person who was looking at a different job. But... Um, very, very happy with where they're currently at, um, can see a future there. And for the sake of some other possibilities to, to, to change jobs or something like that. So, um, it, you know, if you're happy with what you're doing um, is the main thing. At the end of the day, the saying of if you, if you love your work, you never work a day in your life is pretty Pretty that was my goal. Um, I remember saying that to you, and you're like, "All yeah. right, yeah, <laughs> like now, And I'm doing it. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, honestly, I don't know if I've ever had that. Um, I've I've always I've not always, but I've you know enjoyed my jobs. Um, I've only ever left a job because I've been unhappy. Um, so you know, a job you enjoy one minute can be a job you don't enjoy the next. So it can change, which has happened to you too within uh, a short very period of time. Much so. <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah, it's it's either been change of management or just a complete change of the people who were same people, just for some reason, one minute they're a completely different person. Um, so yeah, things happen. Um, but where do you, what what do you want to get out of um, out of your your career? What do you want to get out of your job? Uh, out of your own business? If you if you have your own business. Um, and does that align with what the what the business strategy is? Uh, because if you don't like, or if, if what you know what you want doesn't match up with 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 the business strategy, it's gonna cause a conflict. Um, so so you have to have that. I think for me with my current job is that um, the current strategy of the business is is sort of. I'm in a good position where it's along the lines of what I wanted to be doing. It's in an industry that I really enjoy. Uh, it's a product um, that I do like. It's a. Um, it also ties in with the fact that I started getting into woodworking and thoroughly enjoy woodworking, and now I work for in a in a business that is basically most of it is woodworking. And the scrap um, wood for you. Oh. The scrap wood. Um, <laughs> And, uh, you know, so a lot of the things of this business really align with my personal interests and, um, and things that I enjoy. And um, that's a great thing to have. Um, yeah, is it long term? I, I really hope so. Um, 
the only there's only one way to ever find that out, and that's sort of to to go through with it. But um, don't be afraid to understand if it is or isn't if it, if it's not working, and and have to make that decision. Um, but yeah, personally, you have to work with your you know your work life. You can never keep your work life and your personal life separate. Is what I'm trying to say. Um, so you have to be able to ensure that. Um, there is that enjoyment and there is that tie up between the business strategy and your personal strategy, I think. Yeah, because if you're not enjoying it, then yeah, you're just going to get burnt out and just get yourself into a hole and not want to go back to work or ever again. And, and, yeah. and, it, and it's funny because, like, with your, with your business, you've had certain clients that I can say that have burnt you out and you've not enjoyed and they've sort of. I don't know whether it's ever made you question your business, but I know it's made you question why you're doing doing that work or yeah or, or whatever. So um, you've always been able to say, okay, I need to move, I need to move on from that, um, and that's another key too. Don't be afraid to say goodbye to 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 certain clients or and 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 their money um, if it's cause causing you issues you know within your personal life or not, not not issues but you know it's causing you to to bring that into your personal life and um uh as and they get they're causing problem. you yeah cause unnecessary stress like um my, my hairdresser for example she after my appointment recently it was so nice to have um she had a nightmare client lined up and she's like oh every time i have her she just she keeps changing things completely she wants to spend you know so many hours and She's the only client that I have that I feel icky and sick before she comes in. Everyone else I treat like, you know, they're like friends. Stop. and yeah. Stop booking her. So sorry. Pretty much, yeah. So she said, um, I mean, she kind of <laughs> said to her, oh, you know, for health reasons, I'm kind of down on clients, so I'm not booking any more people at the moment or, or whatever it was. It kind of just a white lie. But, yeah, I'm like, just don't take it anymore. And so, for, yeah, and for me, I guess uh, having a clear vision is important. So I've got this uh, you know, big, hairy, audacious goal of having an agency, a physical office one day, you know, marketing agency for health and wellness. And so when any of these kind of negative experiences with customers happen, I'm like, okay, were they actually the right fit? Are they the type of client I want to be working for in the future? Would future me want to be working with them? No. Am I feeling, yeah, if I'm feeling anxious at every time that meeting comes around, is it really the right fit for me? No, I want to have the empowering conversations. Look, I do like to get a pat on the back. I think every copywriter does because we put so much hard work into our stuff and we don't get it. We just like, ah, question our, our self-worth a little bit. But, you know, just being appreciated. Hang on, hang on. I'm going to break the fourth wall. No, I oh, know. <laughs> oh, what's he going to do? And he's going to do the pat on the back. I just came to my office to pat me on the back. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I made him. I made him sit in the other room, by the way, because I thought I, I I can't do this interview next to me. I'm not used to it. Uh, so I showed him in the other room. Um, thanks, babe. So yes, uh, 100%. Know what you actually want out of your clients, out of your work. I'm I'm constantly changing what type of uh, direction. You know, initially I was like just copywriting. And then I realized how much I love doing the training. And now I'm trying to make it more of a 50-50 training and copywriting. And that's now my strategy. And I'm about to go through a whole new website and rebrand. That's uh, just, you know, as we enter 2022. So that's going to be part of my strategy, getting really a really clear focus on who I am and making sure all my bits and pieces around me reflect that, even though it means my logo outside the door that Justin very kindly made for me is going to be an outdated logo. But it'll, it'll just be a what vintage or whatever. Um, but, yeah, so are you back on your computer now? Yes. You can't see me? Yeah, there you are. Um, so we'll wrap it up. Um, now I'll ask you the same questions I always ask my guests. So uh, the first one is what's the best marketing method for your business? Uh, for us? Word of mouth. Yeah, I figured you'd say that because <laughs> you have it's a happy the, customer. Then you, it's also yeah. the cheapest. <laughs> yeah, I know. You need help. Yeah, we need help with marketing. You know who to call, right? Small, um, bus- small business, word of mouth. It's it's um, let tell your friends. Yeah. Well, that's why I do the networking thing, right? Because it, it's it is a big deal. The talking to people. Uh, I mean, even if 
people do search for something on Google, they look at Google reviews to get the, you know, text version of word of mouth. So it's it's so important. People want to yeah. feel a bit more secure in the decision. Um, now, the other question is, I'm interested to hear you say this, uh, answer this. How do you take care of your health and wellness? Next question. <laughs> you do that. It's, it's that's yeah um well okay what do you plan what, to do from what, November? I, what i want to do and what i do can be two different things um uh but uh well before covid this last outbreak i was going to the gym and i was going on walks and all that i've got a little bit lazy um uh but um yeah i've got to get back into i have the gym membership sitting there rotting away so I do have to get back into that and sort of get back to doing walks and, um, yeah, trying to think about eating healthy. Yeah. Well, I, co- I cook healthy meals for you. I, I can't handle what you do the rest of the day, but at least, well, and then I, then I go give you sweets with your, your tea. So I've got to yeah. help with that. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> but you know what? Like I do, I know I do criticise you a bit. but diet, diet the fact, starts in November. Yeah, yeah, November. Um, I do criticise you a bit for this, but. I do acknowledge how you just go, I'm tired, I'm going to go lie on the couch. And you know I'm not very good at recognising I just need a break and just sitting for a bit. So you do do that at least. You know when you need that time out and you, just, you take it and fall asleep. And sometimes I get angry at that. But <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> well, like I call you. I have no idea how long you were asleep today while I was out. Um, anyway. Neither do I. Okay. <laughs> Awesome. Um, and I, I usually ask you, how can people connect with you? I guess you do have your LinkedIn, don't you? Are you even active on it? Mm, uh, well, if someone connects to me, I might see something on there, but I'm not really active on LinkedIn. Um, uh, but, That's all right. Uh, they want to connect with you, they just reach out to me, right? And I'll, correct. If you, if you yeah. exactly. I'm contact, your secretary. Contact uh, Right Time Marketing and they'll put you in touch. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, babe. You, you kept this pretty civil. That was good. Um, and Sorry. I, and I'm glad I got you on the show. I said I would eventually, and I saved it for the hundredth episode. Even though I know you don't listen to my podcast because you don't like my voice. Apparently, my voice is different on my podcast in real life. Yes. I don't know if you found the same now having the interview. Probably still. Uh, it's 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 has you haven't changed your voice as much. Ah, but, yeah. uh, oh, well maybe it's just you're getting more 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 natural with the uh podcast i don't know maybe don't you need listen. to listen maybe to I some recent episodes the podcast yeah you got about 199 episodes to go through um oh, the first 10. <laughs> yeah yeah they're like oh, ages I'm, a great, I'm a great support aren't i you are awesome you support me in other ways it's fine yeah. um but yes thank you babe I do. Come on the show. he does he is very good <laughs> um and thank you to the stuff for tuning in you can find show notes for the episode at marketingandme.com.au if you enjoyed listening please subscribe and leave me a rating and review via apple Podcasts, and grab a screenshot of this episode and share it across your socials if you're interested in connecting with me feel free to reach out via linkedin just search for Leanne Shelton and let me know you're a fan of the show. You can also find me on Instagram under Leanne Shelton 247 or book in a free 15 minute chat because I'd absolutely love to chat about how I can help you grow a thriving health and wellness business. Until next time, I wish you good health and good wealth.